See, you got an intro and everything, man. Yeah, it's fancy. Yeah, it's, it's legit. I'm, tr I'm trying to up my game a little bit. You know, when I have guys like you in here, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be a little more impressive. You know, I can't just kind of barely get through it. That's nice. That's yes, nice. yes, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. <clears throat> well, um, here we are. Uh, this is this is my uh, you know official unofficial episode, like number twenty five. Like you know, hey. I've done twenty five of these so far, and we're gonna keep rolling. So you know, it's like it's like a special anniversary. Yeah. So yeah. why not have you in, right? This is your this is your third time to sit in, sit down here with me. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, all right. So everybody uh, watching out there today, this is uh, Conrad Jackson, and he is joining me today. Uh, we're going to chat about all things investing in real estate. We might dabble in a few other things as we go along here, but sure. um, but primarily, um, I wanted to bring him on because he's got some cool new things that he's doing, and I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit and kind of see what got him inspired to do so, but. So Conrad is a, uh, he's a realtor, he's an investor, he's a builder, he's a landlord, he's a developer, like pretty much runs all the gamut of things. Um, it's uh, basically what I want to be when I grow up one day. It's what I aspire to be one day. So uh, he, he's already accomplished all those things and is working towards many, many others. So, uh, but what we're going to chat about today is um, you actually got, uh, you're about to release a YouTube uh, channel or YouTube series, yeah, I guess a mini series, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of about some of the stuff that you're doing and what you're working on and uh, and all those kind of things. So, so tell me a little bit about like what 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 was the trigger that made you want to do this? How long you've been working on it, and you know, kind of where you plan on going with it? Sure, 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 man. First of all, appreciate you bringing me back on. Sure, um, I need to get some type of like uh, contributor once a month, something like that. Yeah. And I just kind of ping in from somewhere. That's right. Throw my two cents in. <laughs> bounce out you know i feel like i could do that on here absolutely yeah you can ask questions it's live so you can post stuff we can talk about whatever I don't know. but yeah so we're we're um about to release uh my youtube little mini series it's an idea we've been kind of talking about for shoot man years myself my videographer keith betters man keith creative shout out to him at keith creative on uh instagram man dude is amazing we went to high school together yep. we've been working together for years he does all my real estate photography so you know, and Keith, real quick, Keith does quite a bit of other things, right? I think he's yeah, he's yeah. really Keith starting is, to blow up himself a little bit. He's been big for a long time, yeah. right? He flies all over the world, uh -huh. um, does high-profile weddings, high-profile events. He does Google things. He does, you know, the Vex Robotics conventions. Oh, wow. He does everything. I mean, they literally fly him all over the world. He does a lot of high-profile, like I said, weddings and events as well. Sure. So NBA players and NFL oh, really? players. Okay. And stuff. Michael Irving. When you see Michael Irving on like uh, NFL Live uh -huh. and whatnot, that's him shooting that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So okay. he does a lot of stuff. He's done stuff for Deion Sanders. You know, he's just, he's all over the place. He's, he's, he's big time. Like so, so he's been hanging out, rubbing elbows with the, with, with the big boys, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. So I just try to keep myself attached to him. Uh, yeah. And, Make me feel a little special. There you like go. He does a little work for me too. So yes. I kind of feel like. Yeah, you, Michael Irvin <laughs> and Dion, y'all are all hanging out together. You know, it just. No, just, no, I don't get to be those guys. It's just him. <laughs> well, just in his world, in his world, you're yeah, hanging out yeah, together. Yeah. Right? I get to be like the last guy on the on the list of people that he. That's uh, right. He works He's going to accept your call third. Because <laughs> we went to high school together. Right, right. right. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's just, uh, he's been working with me for a long time, myself and my team, David DeVries team at Remax, and uh, he's done really good work for us. So, you know, a couple of years back, we were like, man, he's like, you do a lot of stuff, man. Like, this would be good for a show. And I like, understand. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do this, yeah. you know? So um, we've been trying to put it together for a minute. Yeah. And every time we try to put it together, we both get busy. Yeah. Life and gets so, in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, we kind of sat down um, during COVID and we're like, look, you know, we need to do this. This is the time is now because I have more projects going on than I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much shoots them all. So he's like, let's try to put a format together and, and, and give this to the. So he already had quite a bit of footage then on a lot of things. We had a little bit. Right. Yeah. So we didn't like like actual you know footage that we could shoot and put it into a show. Yeah. We didn't have a ton. Right. Okay. But we did have a lot of pictures and just random video. And stuff. So that's called a B roll. Uh, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is something that I learned uh, doing yeah. our, uh, our little uh, renovation show yeah. that we did yeah. uh, is they do a lot of extra filming yes. of different 
you know, just yeah. random stuff with no yeah. words attached to it. It's just Absolutely. stuff that you can use as filler for transitions right. between scenes or right. whatever. So just drive. That's yeah. what it says. Just drive. Just get in the tr truck and drive. So uh, <laughs> B-roll, that's lingo in the in the uh, video world. Just yeah. so anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> okay. You learned something today. Yes. You got nothing else from this podcast. B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of B-roll. We just need some active discussions on your stuff. Exactly. So, so yeah, man, we, we kind of put that together. Um, as of late. Uh, we started shooting a, a lot earlier this year uh -huh. uh, for some of the projects that we have going on right now. Um, and he, you know, I get a lot of questions from people all the time. Like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What else you got going on? So the show was kind of like a perfect way for me to answer um, all those questions. Yeah. Answer all the questions. Just watch the video. Yes. Quit asking me. <laughs> check the YouTube, check the Instagram. Cause that's where I'm going to be. If yeah. The, if you need to find me here going right. forward. Uh, but it, it was actually really cool to kind of see it come together. That's good. I, I think I'm also, also, when I get on camera, I'm like, uh, did that sound right? Is this cool? Is that cool? Like, it, yeah, well, put it together really nice. Everybody uh, thinks that. Nobody's real excited <laughs> about themselves. Like so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, when Susan and I did our show, when um, I, we were, had told some people about her or whatever, obviously, yeah. and uh, she was like, I really am nervous about it. I'm like, why, what are you nervous about? She's like, well, I haven't seen it. So I don't know what yeah. it looks like. Cause they yeah. didn't send us like an advanced copy or anything. Right. right. And so she's like, what if I look stupid? I'm like, look, <laughs> make work good content. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> if we both look stupid, it's going to be just fine. Okay. Like it's not that big of a deal. Don't get all wrapped up in it, but it's I mean, yeah. look, seeing yourself on camera and seeing yourself, yeah. you know, talk about stuff because yeah. you don't ever, you know, we all live right here inside of our own little brain. So, you know, all we see is yeah. this, we don't get to see yeah. coming back. Like I remember looking at one of the shots that we did and like it was a profile view yeah. of me. I'm like, man, my head really <laughs> yeah, that's shaked. the stuff that you look at. Like, like my <laughs> nose goes like this, my crane, my head sticks out in the back. I'm like, it looks like some kind of alien. <laughs> Watching so, you fall into the water at the beginning yeah. of the show was, was very interesting. Yeah, well, I'll yeah, say that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it was one of the things that I figured um, would uh, would apply for sure. <laughs> I rewound that a couple of times. Just yeah. To make sure. um, <laughs> Hang on one second. Let me check some. Oh, sure. there we go. Hang on. My uh, somebody was helping me out there and told me that my audio was all messed up. So oh, okay. I think we got a little bit as long better. As they now. can hear me. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was <laughs> it was coming off my uh, off my computer and not my mics. And every once in a while, see, this is the wonders of technology. Is uh, you get uh, uh, situations where your um, sound and video don't work and. Thank goodness somebody else. See, Kevin, appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate that, Kevin. Yes. The rock star for paying attention, making sure it's like, why does your sound suck today? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So um, anyway, um, so yeah, doing doing those kind of things uh definitely um doesn't doesn't make you feel great about yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of times I was like, what the heck did I have on that day? I yeah. must have been really tired. Yeah. Well, I got <laughs> you sent me an advanced copy, so yeah. I got yeah, to yeah. watch it. Um, it was great. Um, cool. Cool. it seemed very much just like any yeah, you know, I don't it's, it's this is a compliment, but like any other HGTV yeah. type of deal. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. Keith put it together really, really well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great. And I think once are you guys planning on doing you know, are you going to kind of see how the first one goes and see if you want to do more? Or do you always you going to do no, more no matter what? No, we're doing more no matter what. Okay. This is a way for me to, like I said, stay in touch with, uh, you know, the projects that we have and keep people updated as to kind of what all the facets of our business yeah. and what we do. Right. Um, and so I'm going to keep going. You know, it's it's the series. It's not going to be too long, man. It may be 10 minutes or less. Each episode we will release one every couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's just it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, you know? sure. You'll see a, a, a few different things. You'll see my family in some. Yes. My, my wife was always a fan favorite. Uh, yes, she you'll is. You'll see her get her 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 shine in yes. there. And she won't she will not disappoint. <laughs> she will not. Those will probably be the most watched episodes. Absolutely. Around, absolutely. So. She is not a boring person <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. But I also wanted to show some love to, you know, a lot of the people who help us get um through our business on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. you know, the title company that we use, you know, right. the contractors that we use, the loan officers yourself yeah. that we use that help us get through and be able to do the things that we do on a regular basis. I think it, it definitely helps me to stay in touch with that and, and appreciate that on a different level. So, so in the scope of you, you're talking about all your projects. Um, I know you probably have so many you can't think of them all yeah. off the top of your head but yeah. what what generally do you have kind of going on right now just to give everybody an idea of of the stuff yeah. that you're already working on yeah yeah so i've got a few rehabs going on we've got a couple houses uh down in hill county johnson county that we are rehabbing to um rent out okay um i think right now we have three rehabs going on okay i've got a project that i was going to rehab in fort worth but we decided to sell as is that 
Was that the one that was on the yeah, first part? Oh, you just, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm done. I was like, screw it. You know, <laughs> when you see the show, you'll you'll understand. Yeah. It's just been it's been a process with that one. Um, we did buy a, uh, an event venue that we're going to host weddings and conferences yep. and things of that nature. So we're in the process of building that property out. It's on 25 acres. Um, and then I've got right now, I think, six, um, seven uh, new construction houses okay. that are in the process of going up or going up right now. So, gotcha. And then we've got the triplex, the multifamily new construction project that we're trying to close out. It was supposed to be done a couple weeks ago. So. Now that one you built from the ground up? Yep. Built okay. from the ground up. Bought the lot, developed the lot, got the house up or got the, the property up. And now we're just doing finish outs okay. right now. Yeah. So in the, in the clip that you sent me, you, you, that's a good little mix. Cause you actually showed a renovation yep. one that you were doing, how yep. much you love flipping homes <laughs> as you stated. Uh, and then you show, I guess the new build, yeah. which is the triplex. Absolutely. And then you talk about the, um, the venue, the venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> whenever you, so the venues one, that's, that's a little, I mean, it, it's not out of your scope because it's still land development and sure. facility of building or whatever, but it's also, you're going to do something with it after you're done, Absolutely. which is another business venture that you're getting into. Absolutely. So what, <laughs> why did, what inspired you to just get bored one day? Like, ah, I need another thing. I don't have enough things. I feel like I have a problem. Uh, yeah. and sometimes people bring me things and I'm like, man, I can make money from that. That's a fantastic deal. You yeah. know, and I put yeah. it together and then I buy it. I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so no, man, I, I got that deal brought to me by an agent in our office. Um, I had kind of been talking to him in passing and I said, man, he was telling me about this wonderful property. He got on 40 acres. I said, if you ever have anything else like that, man, bring it to me first. I want to take a look at it. I've been looking for stuff like that. Yeah. And so he did. He found this. It was like 25 acres. And when you put it out there, first. it's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was literally like less than 30 days later. He's yeah. like, if you want this. So I went out there thinking Airbnb, throw some cabins or something like that on there. And it just screamed venue uh -huh. when I drove up on the road. And you'll see from the show, like it shows aerial shots. Matter of fact, those aerial shots, I, there's stuff back there. I didn't even know it was back there until oh, I wow. saw this, okay. you know, the preview of the show. It says 25 like, acres? Wow. It's 25 acres, just okay. south of Hillsboro. Yeah, it's a place called Abbott, Texas, man. So it's real close to Lake Aquila. Okay. Um, so if you're familiar with Hill County, you kind of know that's one of the bigger lakes out there. Um, and, and yeah, that's how it kind of came about. We, we purchased it. I, I approached some family members, uh, about doing it as a family deal uh -huh. and uh, had some came in, some dropped out and yeah. then I approached two of my uh, childhood best friends and said, Hey, you know, you guys been asking me for stuff. Like, here's a deal we could do together. So I got partners on it yeah. and, and, and we did it. We closed it and now we're in the process of pouring concrete and framing and, and doing a lot of the things that we do on new construction anyway. So. Well, and that's probably uh, what 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 you would call like a, a side skill that maybe you've developed by yeah. doing all this and the the asking for money yeah. and and, yeah. and even putting it that way is, you know sounds dirty or whatever, but that's not really <laughs> what it is because I mean it is well I mean look it, whether you're starting a tech company in Silicon Valley or you're you know building a foundation or you're yeah. you're uh, you know some charitable foundation or you're starting home building projects or whatever most of the time like you're you need funding of some kind Absolutely. and you have to have a network of people that you can reach out to that might be interested and yeah. then you also have to be okay with someone going yeah no i'm not interested yeah. or or hey yeah i'm interested and then three weeks later four months later you know you're like hey yeah. so yeah and they said oh no never mind i, yeah. I don't want to do that yeah and, and not take it personal and just we had some of that yeah, yeah. yeah we had people who were asking me hey man like i want to get on this let's do something together and then i brought the deal and put it out there and said this is what it is and they're like you know what maybe this ain't the right one for yeah. us and it's like okay well yeah. you know if it's meant to happen it'll happen yeah i had kind of washed my hands with it and said if it's gonna do it let's do it and if yeah. it's not okay we'll move on to the next thing and Everything just kind of fell into place and, and we were able to purchase that and get, get going on that. So. Yeah. So another thing that you're doing uh, that you just kind of started, I know you've been doing it kind of on the side a little bit, but um, you have a, a, an investment group that you're kind of yeah. starting up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a Facebook group is basically for new or, you know, not crazy, crazy seasoned investors, um, people who are just getting into it. They've mm -hmm. barely got their feet wet or they're trying to get their feet wet. Well, they're interested in figuring investors. it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they just want to learn, you know, a lot of people just, you know, there's a lot of gurus out there that, um, they, they can't give you their personal success, right? but they can tell you about how yeah. much success they have. But when you ask them to show you some stuff, yeah. they, they can't produce The world's it. filled with coaches. Yeah. 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 It's all these experts. Everybody's a it's coach. It's cool to be expert. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I wanted to do that for people who, again, 
since I have multifacets of our you know, different phases of our business, I want to make sure that people could reach me um, in one location. And right. It, it kind of helps me, you know, because I can say something that probably six people have questions on. Right. And then I can put it in that group chat or that uh, Facebook group. And, uh, and, and everybody can get their questions asked or start other questions off of that, right. get more detailed answers than what they thought they would get if just on the one-on-one. But you're, are you, you're doing some in-person stuff too, though, right? Or have you started that yet? Or that's just kind of in the works? So the in-person comes and stems from my current clients and people in that group who want to take action. Okay. Um, there are a few of them that have actually said, Hey, it's time to go. Like, right. let's, let's get this going. I want to buy my first one, or I want to buy a couple or you know, there's people who I've helped that have bought, you know, several properties at a time and I've kind of held their hand through that process, you know? So it's one of the things that we're offering, um, if you're serious and you want to take this on. So it's been good. It's, it's not like a, you know, like a one-on-one -on -one coaching type deal. Sure. It's more of a, Hey, here's a transaction and I need help. Yeah. And then I can step in and kind of guide them along the way. Right. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you finding that the people that get involved with that kind of stuff, where are they? What are they gravitating to? Like, what facet are they kind of? Yeah, so um, flipping or buying new property and building, or what? Are, what most people are trying to do? Well, as you saw from the show, I don't <laughs> necessarily promote flipping very right. often, right. but I do have clients that flip. Yeah, and they're very successful at it. Right. Um, I have some other clients. Most of the people who come to me come to me about um, either new construction or or rental real estate. Okay. Uh, rehabbing properties and then renting them out. Gotcha. And uh, that's an area that I really am passionate about those two areas. So um, I've been helping guide them along the way. So a lot of the notes and things are geared towards rentals or new construction. So when you, I know you hate flipping for sure, but yeah. I think that probably has more to do with just the pain in the butt yeah. nature of doing it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a job for me. Sure. It's just another job. I don't, I don't need another job. But between like flipping and long-term rentals, mm -hmm. short-term rentals, um, new construction, yeah. what do you, if you were going to, in your head to somebody who was a new investor starting off, like you'd say, okay, look, if I was going to do stuff, I would do it in this order. Yeah. You know, if you want to try a little bit of everything and get what, what's kind of the, what's the, what's the best path in your opinion? not just how to learn to do it, but also like gives you the quickest return on your investment, sure. but then also can kind of push you in that direction. Sure. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I, I run more towards on a preference of uh, rental real estate, rehabbing okay. properties that, you know, they need, you know, work, right. You know, and, and turn around and trying to get that long-term cash flow just because in the markets, like we are in DFW or we live, um, you know, you, your appreciations can go up a lot of times faster than what you can just pull out of a flip. Right. And so for me, it's like, I can hold the asset, my net worth go up if I rehab it. Right. And then I can turn around and turn that into another property, which now turns into more cash flow coming in, which I can use that cash flow or that double appreciation right. to turn around and get into a flip if I need a lump sum of money. Right. And then once you've mastered the rental side, then go to and, and dabble in probably the the flipping or the new construction. They're kind of, they're not the same thing, but right. they're kind of the same. Right. The you're doing a lot of the same stuff. It's just The only thing is the new construction takes longer typically. Right. Because right. uh, you're going ground up with a fresh set of plans as opposed to trying to reconfigure a house that's already, already there. Yeah. Has a footprint. Yeah. 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 But each, each process you have to go through permitting and you have to go through contractors and it's just, it's time consuming. Yeah. Um, and so the flipping I think is a little bit more risky because of the unknown of what's there already. Right. Whereas new construction, if you can find a deal good enough, you, you know, Hey, this is you're supposed to know, as you'll see in the episode, <laughs> <laughs> you feel a little bit better. Like, Hey, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if I buy this, I can put this here. Right. <laughs> because you're not, un you're not unearthing anything new other than, I guess, you know, you're dealing with cities and permits and all the stuff that comes Correct. along with that. And Correct. You even had one issue where you're running, plumbing and yeah. know, having an issue with the water. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that stuff certainly comes up, Absolutely. but as a flip, you're taking something that's, I mean, you're going to get inspections and things before you buy it. Maybe it's not if you're doing a hard yeah. money loan and it's the yeah. sprint to get the property. Exactly. But you're going to come across more things that are going to be, or could be problematic for you and cause delays, cause more yeah. money, all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. just like flying into the unknown to some extent. Yeah. And that's not fun. And that's one of the things like when we talk about the series, like smack dab, one second in, we start going right into the, the challenges of flipping and yeah. my per it's a personal preference. Honestly, yeah. there are yeah. plenty of people who do it successfully. They yeah. do it at a high level and they're very good at it and it's, it's done well for them, but I'm, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> well, and I think too, I, you know, when you said initially about doing, you know, a small rehab on a long-term rental yeah. and then building your portfolio and building your wealth from yeah. there, 
Um, I think anybody that's not that familiar with real estate investing um, would not fully understand that. The idea behind that is that you have a property that has equity. Correct. Because it appreciates in value. Correct. And that equity, you can then leverage with a bank to do more projects Correct. without necessarily having to come up with a ton of cash in order to pull that off because Absolutely. the bank says, hey, you own this property or you own multiple properties. They have X amount of equity in them, sure. whether they're paid off or whether sure. you owe a little bit or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then you can leverage that. I mean, I think you even told me one time that like, you bought a piece of land yeah. that you really didn't have much intention to do much with, mm -hmm. but it was cheap and you knew the value was there. And then you just use that as leverage to build other things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, you know, that one acre that we bought in Alvarado where I bought it for eight grand. Yeah. You know, and I took it to the, the, the tax rolls showed it being worth 114,000. So, I took it to the bank and said, Hey, this is what it's worth. And they gave me a line of credit against it. So yeah. that way I could go um, get materials and things for some other new construction projects right. and rehabs that we had going on. But also I use that line of credit to, to buy my apartment complex, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. just like one thing turned into another and it's just seeing the value in something that a lot of people miss, Yeah, you know, and, and you drive by stuff every day that you just, you miss. Well, and it's, it's, you miss it because it's not, it's kind of the, um, what's the, there's a, there's a term for it. I just can't remember what it is. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. But, but it's also like the best example is like when you buy a new car, right? Yeah. When you buy a red truck, yeah, yeah. then you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you, all see you see all these red trucks. You're like, that's where right. the hell all these trucks come from? Yeah, yeah. But that's just because there's, you know, your brain has been opened up right. to this, this thing that wasn't there before. Right. And so part of the you know, uh, what you've been able to do and what you've been able to grow comes from the fact that you sold real estate for a long time. Right. So you're looking at houses every day. Right. Um, you're taking buyers and sellers. You're, you know, so your, your eye is already geared towards looking at real estate. Right. So it's not like you're having to learn a new skill necessarily. Right. And then it's just a matter of continuing to look for stuff and always being on the lookout because yeah. that's another thing you got to train yourself to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to go to work and do your job. Yeah. And then come home and be like, all right, my job's done. Yeah. But it's a whole other thing to be driving down the road going, I wonder what that property is. Yeah. I wonder what that property yeah. is. You know, you it's see a different overgrown mentality. grass and boarded yeah. up properties, or hey, we buy houses or owner finance signs. I just did a post about that in the group. The group is uh, Real Estate Investing for Beginners on Facebook, on my Facebook page. Um, but I just did a post yesterday about that where it's I took a picture of a couple signs and said, you know, how many times do you drive by signs like this and you actually call the number? Right. You know, where it says, will owner finance, no banks. You right. Know? And it's like, that to me is like cha-ching, cha right. you know, I yeah. don't have to go through a bank. Right. You're probably not going to check my credit. Right. You know, and I can probably negotiate the price of this house down because I'm not going through a bank. And right. most people think that's a little bit more risky, mm -hmm. you know, and we picked up, I put it on the post. We picked up three duplexes that way from right. one sign call, wow. you know, which we still hold today, which yeah. I've leveraged to buy other properties. Yeah. And, you know, in that one sign call, I probably created half a million dollars worth of net worth. There's a, um, there's a, a guy that I, a book that I read recently or listened to, I don't read cause I fall asleep. <laughs> um, but I do a lot of audio stuff. His name's, uh, Naval Ravikant. Have you ever heard okay. of him? I don't think so. So he's a, a hedge fund investor, private equity guy in San Francisco, okay. you know, kind of Silicon Valley cup of dude. Yeah. And he started angel investing like the nice. online deal or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, but he has a quote in there and he says that, um, inspiration is fleeting. So act on it. Yeah. Meaning absolutely like what you're saying. I saw the sign. I called the number. Yeah. Right. And I was like, huh, some people see the sign. They might even write down the number. Yeah. I'll probably be one of these Write down the number. I'm going to call that. Yeah. This weekend. <laughs> and then never, it never happens. Um, but that's the difference between finding opportunity and not is that yeah. when stuff presents itself in front of you, sometimes you just have to act on it. It may turn into nothing. Yeah. Nothing may come of yeah. it, but you never know what one phone call or one action will lead to, Absolutely. especially if that's something in your brain that you're like, man, I really want to check this out and see yeah. what I can yeah. see what I can find out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It, it drives my wife crazy because we'll be, you know, headed to a game or something. <laughs> and then I'm just pulling a U-turn in the middle of the street. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. take a picture of that sign. Yeah. You know? And she's like, what? We got like 10 minutes to get to the gym. Yes. Like I know, but take a picture of that sign real quick, real, quick. real quick. So she, she'll do it. Yeah. Reluctantly she'll yeah. do it. But um, you know, and then I, you know, for example, like I said, that, that, that one sign that I called back in the day, I think it was 20, 2019, right? 
pre-COVID or right at the beginning of COVID yeah. where we bought a duplex owner finance, you know, and I didn't know much about owners. It was my first owner finance deal yeah. at the time. I, I'd read about it, but I'd never done one before. So right. I didn't know going in negotiating terms or anything like that. I kind of got lucky. It was a good deal. Bought the duplex, got somebody in it. Boom. Now we're rented and we're making money. And then like maybe like a few months later, uh, that same guy called me back and said, Hey, I've got these other two duplexes and it's in kind of that same area. Do you want to buy them? I want to finance those for you too. And he called me and I actually tried to turn it down. Cause I was like, man, you know, I don't have enough money for what you're asking for. And he just kept lowering the price to get me to take them, kept lowering it, lowering it, lowering it. And yeah. finally he got to the number that I needed it to be, uh -huh. which was like $5,000 a duplex yeah. down payment. <sighs> Wow. And, and I bought those suckers and he was just tired of being a landlord. He just wanted to be the bank and he knew that I could handle it. Well, I think we're in this weird place in the real estate market in general, where you have a lot of, um, I guess you we call boomers, yeah. right? A certain generation that owns a good chunk of real estate. Now yeah. it's shifting over to, you know, large entities and hedge funds and all that stuff. But, right. but there's still a lot of privately owned properties that individuals have owned for a long time and rented out. Yeah whatever. And those people are getting to an age where they don't want to jack with it anymore. Right. They don't want to mess with it. Right. And to just the owner finance piece, the reason why, because some people say, well, why would somebody want to finance for me? Well, the yeah. reason why is because they want a steady stream of income, right? They want some money coming in on a regular basis. This is an asset they own. They eventually want to sell it, but instead of taking it one lump chunk, yeah. they'd rather just because tax implications Absolutely. and all kinds of stuff that come along with that. They'd rather just get a steady stream of income That's right. that comes off of it. And I'm, I'm fairly certain because you're financing debt on something like that as an individual. I don't know that the tax liability is that high on that, right? If is it is it anything? Mm -mm. It's nothing, right? You're not paying any taxes on that. If they can see that asset on your books, right? Right. Then, then yes, you are going to pay some some um, some taxes on that. Right. But typically, you can offset those taxes with the depreciation that you take on the actual asset that itself over okay. the life. Over the next 20 to 27 years. So right. You come in right away and you start doing work to it. Yeah. There goes your tax liability. There goes uh, right out the door. You know, and as long as you continue to do work or you continue to update and maintain the property. Which you always will. Which you always will. <laughs> right. And, and you can, like I said, you can take that depreciation over a certain amount of years. And so you spread out those implications so it's not as much. And then if you keep doing it, you keep buying more properties. Well, now... I'm probably not. If you have a creative CPA who can do yeah. everything legally, yeah. you're probably not going to see much of those tax implications. Right. And not to mention their tax shelters from income that you make exactly. on your, as your personal. Because you're creating jobs, you're right. taking risk, which means the government's going to partner with you to take right. those risks, you know, and they'll, they'll compensate you for taking those risks. Which is a whole other aspect of things that I think you've probably have learned yes. that you didn't set out to learn necessarily. Absolutely. It just became a nature or it became something that you needed to learn yeah, about absolutely. what you can do, how you create companies, you know, how you can form different LLCs. Do you need one for each property? You need one as a parent company right. for all of them. Right. You know, who, who, who do you go to to set up your account so everything gets billed correctly and, right. and all that kind of stuff. This is stuff that you have to figure out as you go, right? Absolutely. You, you, you get out, you get into real estate, especially with the short and long-term investing to, to make money quickly or long-term. Sure steady stream. And then you just figure out along the way, you become an accountant, you right. become a negotiator, a project manager, you become a contractor in yeah. some cases, yeah. you know, so you learn different facets of, of how business flows. And it's just by default, you become good at it, right. you know, and it's just part of the game. And that's why I think real estate is so rewarding because it pushes you to do things that you never thought that you were even capable of sure. and things that you couldn't understand in high school and college. They're so crystal clear because it's dealing with your personal assets and your personal or your business finances. And it's once you start doing it successfully, you really take it up a notch. Well, I think people get intimidated simply because when it's something that they're not familiar with and not comfortable with, yeah. then they tend to back away from it because Absolutely. of fear. Like, it's like, well, I don't know anything about this. Absolutely. And it seems overwhelming because when you look like just with you, when you have all the stuff that you're doing, you're, you have an entire neighborhood that you're trying to develop and go yeah. through zoning and, oh, yeah. and permits for that. <laughs> you know, you're flipping houses, you're starting, you know, businesses through venues that you bought property wise, you're making sure all your taxes and everything like somebody stand back and go, this is it's too much, too much. <laughs> like I don't, I can't be even begin to understand how the, all this works. But what they didn't see or they don't know is that 
you didn't start that way. No. You didn't start with everything. You no. started now. Granted, you come from real. You, you sold real estate, so yeah. so that was your you know your your foot through the door essentially yeah. to get the just general jargon lingo. You know Correct. what you're supposed to know how to do what you're not like that all took place when you were selling real estate. But from there, it's just little baby steps. It's yeah. I'm going to do this first, and then I'm well. Now I have to do this, and well, okay, now I got to do this, yeah. and now I got to do this. Well, I better figure this out because then you've already. It's kind of like you've been digging a hole, and you're already <laughs> down. Like, you know, like might as well keep going. Like, well, I mean, see I, this I, thing goes. You can see where we go, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's how it came about, man. And uh, you'd be surprised how many like I'm a realtor. I'm a licensed real estate agent, right? Yeah, but most of the investors that I speak with are not. Right. You know, they started. Same reason that I started. We wanted to create a different stream of wealth for ourselves. And, sure. and we learned along the way and you got good. And honestly, you don't need a real estate license to do this. Most no. of the realtors that I've met, talked to, I have realtors who send me business for investing. Yeah. Like they literally tell their clients. They just want to sell. They don't want to do any of that. Go talk to this guy if yeah. you want to do you know, investing or real estate, yeah. uh, new construction and things of that nature. So it's just there's a small percentage of actual real estate agents that do this for a living. Right. It shocks me. But it's true, you know. I would say it's probably less than three percent. Well, it's a small percentage of people that do all things, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just kind of human <laughs> nature, you know. I mean, it's there's the the small do a lot, and the many do yeah. do little, right? That's just generally how it works. But but I guess what I'm saying too is that it doesn't have to be this daunting task. No. If it's something you want to do, you can get into it. It Not just small just takes one step at a time. Right. You know, you're not going to accomplish or solve all the problems in a day. Like you've yeah. got to go through it. And, and the, the action doing something actually breeds the learning Absolutely. because like we said, once you start one thing, then you got to do the next thing yeah. and then you yeah. got to do the next thing. And you've already done two or three things already before. So now you can't, Unless you just want to throw all that in the trash and go right. back, you got to keep going forward. Yeah. Typically, you see progress, if you, especially if you start small. Like our first property that we took on, it took me months to get the first you know, apartment, which it was a duplex. It took me months to get the first unit ready. Yeah. And then when it was done, it was a lot of work. But when it was done, it's like, wow. I did that. I did it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. then it was like, I did die. I did yeah, die. Let's get I'm the okay. second side going. And then. <laughs> You got the second side going, then you bought another one, and then one turned into three, and three turned into 10, and yeah. 10 turned into 20. And it's like, how did we get here? It's all the same stuff over and over. It's different places, it's yeah. different people, but it's the same stuff. Well, it's crazy. I read something the other day. It was like uh, 95% of all the millionaires in the United States, the vast majority of their wealth is built through real estate. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's where most of it comes from. That's where the key is, man, is yeah. real estate. You saw the guy from. Gosh, what uh, what brokerage did he have? It was a crypto brokerage, and it went down recently. Oh, FTX, yeah, that FTX. guy. Yeah, it was painful. Think if you to put some of that wealth into you know, real estate. <laughs> yeah, a few properties, yeah, it wouldn't be quite yeah. as bad. It wouldn't be as bad. I still got the real estate. I can sell this off. I'm yeah. good, as opposed to losing what half of his wealth or over half his wealth overnight. Oh, uh, it's pretty much all of it, sir. <laughs> yeah. Or at least that's what they say. Yeah, I mean, he was on the you know. Uh, American Airlines Arena for the Miami Heat. Uh -huh. They took his name off that sucker too. It's like, yep. what if you'd invested that in actual properties? Yeah. And you'd have been a little bit more diversified and you'd be able to keep a lot of that wealth. Yeah. Well, it's tough. Again, I think there's the barrier to entry for people is mostly fear because yeah. it's just something they're not familiar with sure. and they think it's hard. But sure. just to give just to give an idea, like let's say that you were starting with something relatively simple. Okay, you, you were going to start with uh, you're going to rehab a, a home yeah. that you're going to get, um, you know, rented out, right? Yeah. It's going to be a long-term rental. So I know it's depends on the size of the property, but just reasonable. What would you say to someone's like, you need to have this much money. Once you have this yeah. much money, then I can help you do a lot of things sure. because I can turn that much money into this much and have asset, whatever. So, you know, cause people like simple paint by numbers, right? Sure. Nobody wants to be complicated. Like just tell me what's the first thing I got to yeah, do. Contract? How much money do I need? What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? How much money do I need? That's, that's pretty much everybody's question. Yeah. I, I tell folks, if you're not partnering with somebody, if you're going to go in by yourself, right. And you work a job, a nine to five, uh -huh. first of all, you need to keep that job. Yes. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. Cause a lot of people are like, I'm gonna do this and quit my job. No, nope. you're not. You not yet. Keep your job. And yes. It's going to help you do this at a higher level yes. so you can retire yourself. Um, usually I'm telling people you want to have a minimum of at least like $10,000. Okay. Right. 
$10,000 will go a long way. Now, now not $10,000 to your name. Right. Right. It's, it's $10,000 for, for this, this particular deal. Correct. Because right? you still need money to live and survive exactly. and don't don't blow your whole. Yeah, you know. your save, personal savings right. or your rainy day fund. <laughs> this, this is not that. This is money Correct. that you set aside, which is what we did. We yeah. Would, I would make money and I would set a percentage aside every time I made money. And, and that way, when I spent it on real estate investing, and I still do this, I didn't feel guilty about it. Right. Because it, it was for that purpose. It was it was absolutely for that purpose. Right. And so, um, you know, I tell po- folks, if you can get at least $10,000 saved up, that will help you get into your first deal. It'll probably be a small deal, but that'll at least help you get into your first deal. If right. you have more than that, $20,000 is kind of like your sweet spot. Like, okay. Yeah, I can get into a lot of deals for $20,000, right. different types of deals too. Maybe small house, a medium-sized house, um, maybe even a bigger house or an owner finance deal that's a little bit bigger where they want a little bit more chunk of down payment up front. Like right. That 20000 is a really good number, but you can probably get going for ten. Um, if you leverage banks and or maybe hard money lenders or different right. um, um, assets to your disposal like that. Right. Um, and I think if you can get that amount going, then the sky's the limit for you. you know? And I think it's probably um, it depends a little bit on what you're wanting to do, because Absolutely. if you're going into the find a property, rehab it a little bit, yeah. you know, because you can get the banks will give you money for that if Absolutely. you need to it. Um, and then turn it into a long-term rental. Absolutely. Well, that's great, but you're not going to get the immediate return on your money. Mm-hmm. The return on your money is going to come in two places. It's going to come in the appreciation of the property, mm-hmm. which takes can take time, obviously. Absolutely. And then it's going to come in the rents that you receive Correct. on that property, so the income that you're generating. Correct. But what that does is can then mitigate the amount of money that you need for number two. Right. Right. Because you can leverage the equity and other things that you have in the property to get what you want to get. So that 10 or $20,000 can turn into a usage for other properties later without having to have the same amount of money. Correct. If you want to do a flip, okay, where you buy, fix it up and sell it. Yeah. Well, then your return is going to be much quicker. You're going to get your money back and you're going to have that now quicker relative. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, you got to sell it and, and, the, but the the risk to that is it, the return is quicker usually or should be yeah um, you know issues notwithstanding but the problem is is that that money uh, comes at a cost because now if you sell that asset you don't have it so now you have to use that cash again correct to go do your next thing right and you probably better have a little bit more than what you think you need because okay. when you're flipping a property, all kinds of fun stuff happens. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's better to, in my opinion, it's better to partner with the right partner, not just partner with anybody, but with the right partner yeah. um, for something like your first flip, because there's the time factor is the thing that people always mismanage. Right. Usually when you're doing a flip, you're basing it off of a specified short time period. And whatever that time period is, you need to budget money-wise for double of that space that you have actually expected it to be done in that right. time period. So, for example, if you say, okay, I'm going to get this, I'm going to be in and out of this thing in, six, in three months. Well, you better have enough money to last you six months. Yes. Because there's going to be something along the way that's going to, you know, extend that time period that you expected. Right. And you never know what it is. It's always something different. It yeah. could be, Hey, the contractor didn't show up or it could be, Hey, you know, we had a, a slab leak, you know, and we had to fix that. And that took extra time. Hey, we couldn't get permits. as You'll see in the show. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's different things that come that, you know, you want to make sure that you have budgeted money wise for the extra time. Um, time is always working against you from the minute that you get that property. Because time's money. You're spending money. Right. You're paying mortgages. You're that's paying right. taxes. You're paying insurance. That's all this stuff. Absolutely right. Yeah. With rentals, in my opinion, it's spread out over a longer time period. And so the time factor is not working as much against you. You do want to get the property ready to rent. Right. But ultimately, if it's not, because you're typically on a longer term loan, right. then it's not hurting you as much right. every month to hold that property. So yeah. to me, it's a little less risky, but that's my personal opinion. Yeah. You know, some people can tell you, Hey, horror stories from rentals, you know? Well, I think anytime somebody goes into a new venture and you know, there's always, nobody starts a business or, or a new project and like, well, this is going to suck. Yeah. I'm not going to be very good at this. Like everybody's yeah. optimistic, everybody's one, right? It's going to work. It's going to be great. Like we got to <laughs> figure it out. You know, I, I experienced that whenever, um, when I was in my twenties, uh, I started a restaurant with a couple other guys that I had met and, um, 
we ended up with two. We ended up doing it for about six years. And, you know, it was, uh, uh, <laughs> I learned a lot uh, doing that to say the least. Um, but I did learn a lot of valuable lessons. And yeah. I remember very vividly, we had a situation where we were all kind of coming up with the idea, okay, we're buying an existing place. Yeah. So it was, and that even at my younger age, I was like, okay, this is a better move because at least I can gauge, we know what the sales are. We yeah. know what the revenue is. You know, we can at least have a, an, you know, idea an idea of what of we can, make what we can do. Yeah. And so, and I remember all of us sitting around one of the guys like living room table or something and, and trying to figure out, you know, the, the P and L essentially yeah. like how, we're, okay, you know, this much revenue, this much cost, what does this cost? Okay. These are the numbers. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is you start with a number and you go, well, I mean, that's good, but, or that's okay. But I mean, we can't make more than that. Yeah. And then you go, well, you know what, if we do this and if we do this, yeah, then this yeah and you're like ooh, and then you go but if we do this and we do this and this and then everybody's like high five and, this let's is do great it. yes because it's just <laughs> the optimism and the expectation yeah. of everything going perfect yeah. is always there it's like my my favorite uh commercial um is a super bowl commercial from years and years ago i don't remember it's like a monster.com or career builder or something yeah. where it had a bunch of chimpanzees in an office yeah and uh they were all like like cheering or whatever yeah. like woo, 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 woo. and the one like human stands up and goes to the chart and he turns the chart because the, <laughs> the chart was showing like everything going up and so he's like this is wrong yeah, and he turned it and it showed everything going down and you see all the chimpanzees like what what just happened like they're just like what's going on and then one of the chimps walks up and then flips it back and they're like yeah here we go <laughs> Like, back on track back record on numbers track. <laughs> just because like we just want everything to work out right human right. nature is is like it's all going to go perfect but right. human reality is it ain't going to go perfect right you right. have lots of problems absolutely i think that's one of the things that i loved about trying to film this show their show's called real estate on deck right and and one of the things that i feel like is a little bit different from some of the other shows that you see out there is typically your HGTV format is hey, oh, so we're looking good. at three. Yeah. Oh, here's the one. Yeah, yeah. And then I now know. the one's yeah. good. Yeah. And now we've fixed it. And now it's beautiful. And life's great. Everything went great. You know? Well, there, there's always the one or two moments where it's, yeah. like, oh, it's like, oh, we've ran into a problem. You know, this is going to go beyond here's the budget. The yeah, exactly. This is 2000 that, extra dollars. That's on know? top of the budget. Yes. The budget <laughs> that we made, it's 2000 over the budget. Well, he's not going to be happy that exactly. this went over budget. So we need to get it back under budget. Well, what is the budget? I mean, we establish the budget from the beginning <laughs> if i hear the word budget one that's, more time my head's gonna explode that's how the shows go so yeah. like when i talked to keith about doing this one he kind of he, he was a masterful with this he's like all right there we, we're gonna show how this really goes yeah you know? so <laughs> right. you're not gonna see one problem you're right. gonna see like hey here's four problems all the problems here. here's yes. another problem over here yeah. here's another problem over here oh by the way we're still doing this successfully with all the problems yes but even after this successful one, there's another one over here yes. that sucks. Here's another problem. Yeah. So you see a, like a realistic view of, hey, man, like I'm regular like everybody else with this stuff. Like I'm trying to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. Yes, I've got some experience, but I really want to show a realistic view of, man, problems can come. Yeah. And as long as your mindset is right, so you'd be able to, you know, manage and 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 when you plan accordingly, things. not yeah. yeah, you have to have money and yeah. make sure that you're okay we, with it. I learn a new lesson every Friday. You never stop learning. It's always education. Yeah. You know, and even if you claim to be a guru or claim to be an expert, you're still gonna make mistakes. Yeah. And you'll see plenty of the mistakes that I that I make in this YouTube series. And that's why I think makes it a little bit different. It's like, hey, I'm I'm highlighting some of the things that yeah. I'm not good at. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know what that endears people to because, you yeah. know, when you try to put on, you know, one of the issues with social media and and you know, any any kind of pieces that you're putting out as an individual, everybody yeah. wants to show the best side of themselves yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Right. Which creates an unrealistic expectation of what yeah. life's really like. Yeah. Because, you know, nobody's life is perfect. Oh. Nothing goes great all the time. You know, there's usually things go worse than they go good. Right. And, and it's just about perseverance and working through that kind of stuff. But but I think when people actually see that happening yeah. to someone else, they feel like they feel better because yeah. like, oh, okay, this, well, this if happened. If he made that mistake, then I can make that mistake yes. also. And I could still be okay. You yeah. know, if he's been doing this, this amount of years and he missed that, I don't feel so bad about yes. missing that, you yeah. know? So, yeah. It's a difficult thing for, uh, for people to feel comfortable with. And that's why, you know, we talked in the beginning about seeing yourself on camera and all that kind of stuff, but it's also yeah. just being okay with the fact that, you know, you, you can mess up. You look kind of goofy because yeah. I will tell you, you know, after doing, you know, these things for so long, like 
you know, I'm over it now. Yeah, like it doesn't, like, it is it is. yeah, it, it doesn't is. really matter if I like today I sound like I have a cold cause I have had one for like a month and I keep coughing and sniffing every five seconds. Yeah. Like I'm doing rails or something, but yeah. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't going to be perfect. That's okay. No. I'm comfortable in my own skin as are you. So it's like, let people see who, what it really looks like. That's what I wanted to show. So, um, a lot of the stuff that you do is in smaller towns like right. Itasca. Not yeah. that Hillsborough is a small town. It's not big, but it's also not a tiny town either. But yeah. Abbott and yeah. you know, the other places. So why do you pick, why do you tend to gravitate to, let's put it that way, those smaller areas? And then what kind of challenges do those present for you and advantages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately for me, I, I'm typically of the mindset of a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm trying to get into it for as cost effective as possible. So right. there's not as much competition in a place that's a little further out. Uh -huh. So I always try to go where there's less competition as long as the value is there. And then on the second thing, it's like, I'm trying to stay a couple towns ahead sure. of the competition of where everything's going. Yeah. These days, the metropolitan areas, everybody's there. Everybody's trying to win. The numbers are smaller. The margins are smaller. Right. So if I can get ahead of where it's going, uh -huh. by the time I finish what I'm doing there, mm -hmm. stuff has already gotten to me. And now I'm, I'm getting to where the market is taking the property as opposed to where, um, you know, right now in, in like the metropolitan DFW area, it's already kind of priced out. Right. You know, I'm not priced out out there. Right. I can get there at affordable mm -hmm. rate and know that stuff is still coming my way. And then when it gets there, I can leverage that appreciation to go somewhere else or do more things in that area. Yeah. And so that's been my mindset from the beginning. Um, I will take the stuff on that people don't want to take on. Uh -huh. um, and the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. I'm comfortable a little bit more now. I wasn't like that at the beginning, but as you do one, you get a little bit more confident in your abilities. And um, as you go forward, you start to learn, okay, people are going here. The trend is here. You start to see roads and things get put in. You start right. to see buildings pop up in stores and, you know, signs going up saying, right. Hey, you see schools being built. It's like, okay, well maybe I should focus on this area. Maybe this is something you that spend I enough time there. You start seeing these things yeah, pop up. Yeah. It's just like anything else. At one point Mansfield was in the boonies. Sure. Now look at it. Now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know because personally I grew up playing, you know, sports and stuff down here. I remember thinking, man, this is a long car ride right. as a kid. <laughs> you know? Why are we going so in far? The heart of everything. No. Now it's super expensive to live here. Yes. You know, so it's just taking that mindset to an approach to investing. What what uh what kind of difficulties do you run with like dealing with the local governments and municipalities, getting permits, talking yeah. to planners? Life moves a little slower in those smaller towns, right. you know, so you, it's usually one guy as opposed to an apartment that you're dealing with. Right. If, you, if you're not on that guy's good side, he can make sure that your project is a nightmare. Or he uh -huh. can slow it down significantly enough to where you can't make the money that you thought you were going to make on time. Right. You know, so there's challenges there. There's challenges with infrastructure. I've run into numerous <laughs> survey issues, yeah. lot line utility issues to where you thought something was there and then it's not right you know when you get ready to build hey it's not and yeah they're what? like well sorry buddy yeah sorry <laughs> missed it you know or we approved it but he didn't get a chance to see it before we approved it so sorry it is what it is so there's there's an aspect of that that's in investing but that's one of those things one of those challenges that you just you figure out how to overcome yeah um i've been hit with some significant challenges um, as of in the last six months and ultimately we've been able to figure it out every yeah. single time we've been able to figure it out yeah. and it didn't take a, you know, Mack truck load of, you know, cash to figure these things out. Well, to your, your, uh, not on every, you know, the development's a little different, but for the most part, you're aiming small, yeah. you know, and you're missing small if you miss. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like you're trying Absolutely. to build a $5 million project and right. then you have a $350,000 issue. Yeah. I mean, you kind of are. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you got the development thing going on. It's but, like episode seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we keep talking about this. Uh, so uh, Conrad and, and a few other partners, they uh, bought some land in Hillsborough. Right. Um, and uh, they're actually building neighborhoods, yeah, uh, a couple of neighborhoods. Whole subdivision. So should be interesting. So <laughs> I have a question that I think a lot of people would want to know too. Yeah. Because I wonder myself. I mean, I kind of know, but why is affordable housing so incredibly hard to build? Why can't why can't we build homes for people in the two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollar range on mass? Like why? I mean, there's obviously the one offs here and there, but. Yeah. 
if DR Horton or legacy homes come into my neighborhood, they're building four and five hundred thousand dollar homes. Correct. They're not building two hundred fifty thousand dollar houses where the the first time home buyer can go in and purchase and start their portfolio. I mean, if you want to buy a house and you want to live anywhere close to civilization, yeah, you're paying four hundred grand. So, so from a builder and developer's point of view, why is that so difficult? And are there ways that we can? Is there ways that can can be or things that can be fixed to, in order to make that problem go away? I know it's not anything you and I can control, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just flat out tell you, man, it's expensive to build homes, right? A lot of the expense comes in the dirt. Okay, so it starts there. If your dirt, which you're buying, is in a popular area, it's usually very pricey, right? You know, we had ten acres for sale down the street from where we live. <clears throat> In the county of Mansfield, I think it was $10 million. Wow. You know? Wow. 10 acres. That's crazy. You know? So if you're spending that much money for the dirt, well, typically you don't want as much, you don't want a high percentage of your build tied up in dirt. Mm -hmm. So you have to build a more expensive product in order to offset the cost that you paid just to get the land. Wow. So from the jump, you're already building half a million $700,000 houses if you're in those type of areas, which is why you have to go further out to get the dirt cheaper. Mm -hmm. And then when you get the dirt cheaper, you can build a little bit more of an affordable home product. Now with the economy as of late, we had material supply and supply chain issues. And so to get in mass and bulk, you have to pay extra. You either got to pay double the freight to get it here, or you got to hire somebody to go down and drive and pick it up. Well, that's costing you extra. Well, the builder can't take that cost on. They've got to pass that on to the consumer right. through the form of pricing. Okay. So at the end of the day, most of the production builders, the volume builders have numbers set from corporate that they need to make on these development projects. And they so have targets they have to they, hit. They have to hit these targets. Right. Okay. So after all those inflated land costs and labor costs and material costs, they still have to hit their number. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to do that is to build a bigger, badder, more expensive product. Right. So building the hundred thousand dollar house when labor is, you know, 30% higher than it was three years ago is just not feasible. Right. A builder will literally be building houses for free or in the negative, and then they won't be building for very long. And so you know, I kind of see both sides of it because we do new construction and I help people buy and sell homes. So I get the argument that this is too pricey, but I also understand that people want convenience. Yeah. And so you're paying for the convenience, you're paying for the economy situation, and you're paying for those um, those companies needing to hit their target number. Is there is there a way? I mean, obviously, one of the answers is you just got to live further away um, if you want to get a cheaper house, which, yeah. you know, I get and yeah. it sucks, but is there, um, is there any way to take, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas and Arlington and Mansfield and try to build homes in those areas that are affordable? Or is it just, is it just impossible? The city tries to do um, a job, a good job of helping you get incentives. Like even the neighborhood that we're getting, you know, we're trying to keep the cost controlled, but we're in what they call an opportunity zone, right? right? So the opportunity zone is a zone. It's an, a specific parcel or, or area in town or out of town where the city wants development. And so for developing, coming in and, and, and making that area nicer with new construction, they'll give you breaks or, or wave permits. Okay. Um, they'll give you breaks on sales Minimize taxes. some of your costs. Yeah, basically. for using like local... Um, local vendors or local local stores for um, getting your materials okay. and things of that nature. So the cities and the municipalities try to do a job. There's just not enough of it, right? right. Uh, especially when the market is good, people don't want to be donating their land for opportunity zones and people want to get the most out of their, out of their assets. So it's tough. You yeah. know? It's tough when everything's rising that also passes through to the people who are performing this new construction development. And so it's not like, Hey, they're trying to be building. They, you know, it's like gas, you know, the guys at the gas stations make more money when the gas is cheaper. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, builders typically make more money when prices are lower because right. everybody's buying. Cause you have more people buying, but raising those mm-hmm. prices are typically to hit the quota that they need and still be able to be profitable going forward so they can keep building. So is there, I mean, I get frustrated by this stuff simply because, you know, I look at, I, I'll use Mansfield as an example, just because I see it every day, but, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, I may have some of these facts 
incorrect. So I'll say that right away. <laughs> Put that out there. Uh, yeah. But um, from my understanding, the amount of money that was given to, say, the Dallas Stars to mm-hmm. build the Star Center that we have over there by sure. the field house on 287 and even Big League Dreams, right? We, we created city uh, subsidies, basically, for these entities to come in. We built it. We technically own it, but they they have a management agreement that they run it for 50 years or what. I mean, sure. it's something ridiculous. So, sure. so essentially, the city funded it with our taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. It was built. We paid a management company to come in and run it, and right. the city doesn't even really earn any revenue off of it. Other than I don't even think they get tax revenue off of it. Maybe yeah. yeah. Not all my facts are correct. I could be wrong. <laughs> um, so, with that being said. What frustrates me is I go, okay, well, if we can do that for an ice skating arena in our town that sits on whatever it is, five or six acres of land, 10 acres of land, I mean, why couldn't we do that for, you know? A, a property you yeah. know i mean or housing to to build new homes for people that are coming in yeah and i think a lot of that stems from who's in those positions to make those decisions as right. well so if you are not vetting the people who are in those positions um <clears throat> typically you're gonna you're gonna get in a situation where yeah what's going on is going to keep going on. Um, yeah. And if you want your voice to be heard, you have to show up to the city meetings. Like yeah. I said, the last time I was here, city city council meetings, planning and zoning meetings and voice your opinion and say, Hey, this is what I think would be good for our town or run for those positions right. and garner you know enough support so you can get in and make that difference and see some of this stuff shift into the areas that you want to see. Cause that's all that they did. Yeah. Uh, the people who are in the positions now, they are, they ran and they got into position so that way they can make decisions on bringing venues like that here. Right. right? So if you would like to see it shifted elsewhere, you, you got to show up, you, you got to make yeah. your, your voice heard. You got to put your agendas out there and you got to you know, put the legwork in, in order to get some change. And, yeah. and that's, that's how it is everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's another way you can affect change is to try to make sure that you're in the legislation right. or, or, or helping form that legislation that's passed. So that way we can get these things. Built. Well, and you do that with uh, a lot of the smaller towns that you build stuff. And I know you go to yeah. a lot of those meetings yeah, and attend a, a ton, but yeah. you know, I have to be seen to make sure that people know that I'm still, I'm still here. I'm right. still, I still care about the community. I am trying to help develop the community and I have its best interest at heart. Yeah. Um, if not, man, I mean, they're just going to, I'm just going to be another number on a page. So as a, as an investor, realtor, builder, landlord, developer, all the hats that you wear, um, we're in a very uh, unique market right now, mm-hmm. right? That we've been in for the last couple of months. And, you know, with, I don't say there's no end in sight, but there isn't any defined like, oh, you know, it was like during COVID. There were yeah. some weird times happening during COVID for yeah. a few months, but everybody kind of was like, well, once this passes, yeah. like life will get back to normal mm-hmm. and whatever. And here we are a couple of years later. Um, so what, I mean, what are you looking at as far as an investor, you know, this time is an opportunity, is it stay out of the market? Is it, you know, and what are other investors doing? And then because of that and what, what they're seeing, the people that have the money that are putting into the market or, or choosing not to, then if you're buying or selling, or you want to own a home just to live in because you've been renting your whole life, like what, what would you tell people right now, you know, to to prepare themselves for this market or what they should take advantage of or not. I think if you're looking for your primary residence um, and you've been looking now is one of the best times that you could have ever had. Um, Why is that? Because in the last decade, Uh our market has been going up, 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 up. Right. Right. And right now, since the interest rates are higher, the inventory is sitting on the market longer. Uh So now as a buyer, you have options. Okay. And yes, the rates are a little higher, but ultimately before you were taking any house you can get, now you can actually choose your house. Yeah. Now you can go to a builder and say, I want to build this from the ground up and know that, okay, well, I'm going to get what I want and he's not going to raise the price 30,000 on me tomorrow. Right. You know, there's, it's, it's a really good time for a buyer to be out in the market. Same way on the investing side. I do hear a lot of people who are um, cashing out of their current investments Uh and that's okay. If you're trying to be liquid to take on a bigger opportunity. Right. But ultimately, if you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to get better, this is the time that investors dream of yeah. where there's less competition, yes. more inventory and fear and uncertainty in the market. 
this is where fortunes are made, right? Especially in real estate. Yeah. And so if you've got the confidence in yourself and your abilities of your team to get out there and get something, now is the time. There are deals, there are probably 40 deals that come across my desk every day that have equity, that have margins. Right. You know, and they they're they're decent deals. Right. Before in the last two years, you might find two right. in that same amount of emails that right. come through. Wholesalers are dropping prices like crazy because they're they're scared of losing their deal that they have under yeah. contract. Yeah. You know, so there's opportunities left and right if you're willing to take on that challenge. Right. It's just most people, the fear and uncertainty keeps them on the sidelines. And that's what I try to help people understand in my real estate group on Facebook. That's what this show is gonna try to touch on. It's like Now's the time. Yeah. When everybody's scared, it's not time for you to, you know, tuck and run. Yeah. Like it's get out there, jump out there because it's going to turn just like it turned again. Right. And that window's going to close. The, yeah. And, and then you're going to be sitting on more money when it does turn than you ever imagined you would ever have in life. Well, and can you talk to you a little bit about the difference between as an investor, you know, I can take out a loan for seven and a half, eight percent, nine percent, whatever it is, hard money lending is even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can buy a house when rates are really low and I can pay forty, fifty thousand dollars over the list price and get it, but my rate's low. So from just from a cash flow perspective and what you can do with your money, which 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 pool are you swimming in? So I'm in the higher rate uh-huh. uh pool, right? Yeah. So because to me, my philosophy on long-term investing is the rate doesn't matter as much right? because as an investor who's going to continue to buy properties, typically I'm going to refinance multiple times um, on that same property over the course of 10 years. Right. Right. So the rate may be seven, as long as my analysis that I've run that shows that I'm going to make money through the rents, through my cash flow, And I know that their appreciation is going in an upward trend. Uh, trend, which it typically has been in DFW. I don't care what the rate is. Right. If I can make the money on a 10% interest rate, right. I'm going to buy it. Right. You know, because I'm probably going to refinance it in two years, right. three years, five years, and I'm going to pull that money back out and I'm going to start over. And as, as long as I'm renting it out, I have tenants in there paying the debt down for me. So it's not like I'm paying for that rate out of my own pocket. Right. That's what the analysis is for. That's why we have groups that you can learn how to run analysis. That's why we have TV shows that show you this is a good deal. This is a bad deal. That's why we have books and publications and podcasts like this that try to help people get over that fear and uncertainty. You know, everybody's been trained to low, low, low interest rate, safe, safe, safe. Yes. Play it safe. It's like you're always going to get what you've always had if you always do what everybody else does. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is when you're headed in the same direction as everybody else, that's not where opportunity is found because everybody's looking for that opportunity. That's right. And like you said, as soon as rates get into the fives or four, wherever they, I mean, they, again, we're almost at 8% to something. I mean, we had a couple of good days recently, but even still the market hasn't changed that much. And even, you know, seven and 8%, the rate goes to five and everybody's like, Oh, Thank goodness. There's no more seven and eight. We're back. We're back. And then it all floods back in. Right. And now you've missed your opportunity where that sucker was sitting right there in your, in front of your face and you didn't grab it. Yeah. It's like, grab it and take a hold of it, man. It'll change your life. Well, it can. And the thing that's is a working against us as well is, and I was watching something yesterday. I don't remember. And a commercial for open door came on Mm -hmm. talking about buying your house Mm -hmm. and you have large companies now that realize as well because they have really deep pockets and they can do whatever yeah. they want. And there's been a lot of news like, Oh, Zillow's losing their behind and Redfin and all these other companies that bought up all these real estate or whatever. And that's true to some extent. What they're not telling you is that the amount of equity that they picked up by owning those assets and what they can leverage against that equity to do a lot of other things is actually helping them out quite a bit. And so when you see advertising for people and large companies wanting to buy your home yeah. to help, to help you out, yeah, right? Yeah. They're basically saying, hey, we know you're distressed. We yeah. know that you'll sell it to us for whatever we want to offer you because if you're trying to sell right now, yeah. if you are trying to sell your house today, it's not for fun. No. You're selling it because you have, you have to for whatever reason. You have a need. Yes. And so if that's the case and you haven't had any offers on your home for 30 or 60 days and you're starting to panic and you know you have to sell it, yeah. somebody's going to come along and offer you something Absolutely. and you're probably going to take it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So you want to be the person offering and not letting right. Open Door and Zillow and 
you know, capital or uh, uh, private equity companies buy up all the real estates, so we become renters for the rest of our life. Exactly. That's the key is understanding and seeing vision of what's coming before it actually happens. Right. That's real estate 101, man. You got to see what people miss. Yeah. And, and what I've really tried to do, you know, especially in the last year or so, is just really try to educate the people who are in our circles and say, hey, look, there's opportunity there. Yes, there's risk there. Yes, this is not normal. Yeah. But if you do this now, you will be loving yourself in the next five years. Yeah. You'll be absolutely happy. Like if I could look back at 2016 when I started investing, yeah. I'm so upset that I didn't buy everything I could get my hands yeah. on. Yeah. Because look at where what position we would have been in now, which we're in a good position now, but we could have been so much better. Yeah. You know, so here's another time like that. Yes. They don't come around too often. No. Don't wait. Do not sit on your hands. If you're trying to get out there, you need to take that leap down. Yeah. Uh, ignore the negative news. Mm -hmm. Take the leap. Mm -hmm. um, so last thing, you got any any stuff on the uh, on the horizon? Anything new that isn't like it, it, what's what's kicking around in Conrad's brain? It's like, you know what? I'm going to try this next because <laughs> I know there's something there's got to be whether you do it or not is irrelevant because the other thing, you know, I we didn't say I meant to say it earlier, but and you know, I've talked about this before, but 99 out of a hundred of the things that you think about yeah. and that you may even write down or put a note or whatever, it never happens. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah. just, but, but if you don't think about those things, then nothing ever happens. Yeah. So, um, so what's, what's in that, that 99 basket that man, you're just like, mm. I've been kicking around this boat and self-storage, man. Okay. I've, I've been kicking it around and okay. kicking it around. I've got a good buddy of mine who's done it and done it successfully. So I'm, that's that's something that's on the horizon. Okay. So you know, so buying a storage later. place to put uh, <laughs> yeah. put boats in and boats, RVs, campers, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I've been kind of watching. Self storage also. Uh -huh. I've been just kind of watching for a little bit. And with the times that we're in now, I might be able to pick up some land here soon and see what happens. So I think I think that is something that is another area that people don't know a ton about. Jen, Jen agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, Jen. See, Jen knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. She's already she's already on board with that too. She's she's heading in that direction. So yeah, yeah. So, All right, that's in the brain. All right. Well, uh, so so uh, tell us again where are we going to find your show. So you're going to find it on my YouTube channel. It's just Conrad Jackson. The show is called Real Estate on Deck. So okay. if you search Real Estate on Deck, it'll pop up. It's the first episode is going to be released on Thursday of this week. Okay. Um, and then also on Instagram, uh, con at Conrad Junior Twenty One. Okay. Probably have it on there as well. My Facebook page is just my name, Conrad Jackson. And then our Facebook real estate group is called uh, Real Estate Investing for Beginners. Okay. So. I'll put a link to There's the YouTube page in the <laughs> yeah. comments. So if yeah. you guys uh, get this far in the yeah. podcast, <laughs> if you go to the comments, um, I'll have the link to the YouTube page there. And I'll also put a link to your real estate investing group. Um, so if you guys have questions, you know, just pop in and be an observer. Yeah, you know, you never yeah. know what stuff you can get answered. Good stuff being talked about in there. Good ideas. People acting on them every day, making some money. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, man, for coming in again for the third on. time. Uh, very much appreciate you. And Become when, a friend uh, of the show. That's right. That's right. Once <laughs> once we're like four or five episodes deep, you can tell me how that's going on the YouTube show. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for sticking around with us today, and uh, we'll uh, see you on the next one. Sounds good. Adios.